0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the monthly video game briefing. This is MVGB, a show that is... Gaming News for Occasional Gamers. Every month we get together and uh, we talk about the three or four major news items that you need to be aware of if you are interested in games or maybe if your children are interested in games and you want to know what is happening in that industry or if your friends are interested and you want to know what they're talking about or if you're interested in games yourself, but you know you don't really need to have an hour and a half show every week to detail you every single game that comes out, So this show is for you, if that's your case. Uh, we're going to be talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 and a few other games, the games released in November, the results for the big uh, console manufacturers and more, and the recent announcement that uh, Diablo, the Blizzard game, is going to be coming to mobile. I'm Patrick Beja, and to help me do all of this, I have one of my best internet friends, Scott Johnson. Hello. How's it going, Scott? Oh, start?
1: Patrick, is very nice. You're one of my favorite real-life friends, too. <laughs> it's like a real love fest in here.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's good to be I, here. Happy, happy uh, American uh, midterm election day to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I am very excited that the country I don't live in is voting. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, well, we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the old America, The one mm. from over a hundred years ago, the one where uh, people were still rough and cowboy-y. I don't know where I'm going with this. We're going to be talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 and the Old West going east. Uh, this is a major, major game. It was released about a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if you don't know Red Dead Redemption, I'm sure you know Grand Theft Auto. And that's the same company. They make the games that sell the most In the world, Grand Theft Auto V has been the highest-selling game for years now. And uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 was a very critically and commercially acclaimed game uh, on the last generation. And, of course, Red Dead Redemption 2, it was highly, highly, highly anticipated. And uh, it released and got incredible scores in every publication almost – but then people realized it wasn't necessarily what uh, they were expecting. So, Scott, what is Red Dead Redemption Two?
1: Well, it's a uh, more than ever a cowboy simulator. Um, I, I uh, see. It I, as I like my to call it.
0: I like to call it the Arthur Morgan simulator um, because yeah, the it, main it character really is, is
1: you Arthur. Are, you Morgan. are simulating a man. Uh, in every sense of the of the term well maybe not every sense <laughs> maybe he, not
0: every sense <laughs>
1: yeah but he's uh he's uh you know he's a rootin tootin guy works for a gang you're in this gang it's kind of a complex gang though it's um uh, kind of a family and they do a lot of sort of protecting each other and they do a lot of unlawful stuff to sort of survive and it's to, it's meant to sort of illustrate this uh change in the century like things were changing uh civilization was coming west whether they liked it or not and and in a way they were you know kind of these are the last gasps of this sort of um, uh, way of life but the game tries to create that and I think does very successfully uh, and it's really really good now uh, we've you know I've talked about it at length in another forum uh, but I would just say this to people if you play the one I think you're gonna really like two just know when you get in it's a it's a it's a beast it's it's a very deliberate um, there's a pace to it that you may not be used to after you know eight years of other kinds of games where a lot of the things in open world games have been streamlined or quickened um they are they are unabashedly embracing the slow moving old west and getting your horse from here to there and getting on that horse is even a a bit of a chore sometimes and uh the you know the way the story plays out is a is a nice slower rollout, and as I keep saying, if you embrace that pace, it is one of the finest games, certainly of this year, maybe ever. Uh, I think it's I think it's really incredible so far, and I just got back from BlizzCon, so I I I, I had five days where I couldn't play it, and that bummed me out. Um, I'm very excited to be back home and able to uh, dive back in.
0: I think it's a, you're right, it's a very, you have to be careful about what you expect out of the game, because when you hear Cowboy, Rockstar, Grand Theft Auto, I think the natural reaction for anyone who knows anything about games is to think, well, it's going to be Chock full of action and I'm going to be cowboying all the time and shooting bad guys and gangsters and it's going to be a fast paced game, especially when you hear that it's an open world game. And we've gotten used to, uh, as you said, streamlined, very almost arcadey games like this that open the world to you and every corner has something for you to do. So I think it's reasonable to expect uh, this game to be something like this, and it really isn't. Uh, at least in the first few dozens hours, um, it is a, a game that focuses... We joked about the simulation aspect earlier. It really focuses... Uh, into in in trying to immerse you in that world then one of the ways it does that is that slow pace it forces you almost to abandon um what you're used to in in modern open world games and to to stop and smell the flowers uh, almost literally because the other um really engrossing aspect of the game is it's incredible uh, depiction and modeling of the world of that uh, uh, uh old west it's truly staggeringly beautiful uh, everything is of course graphically wonderful but also um the level of detail that they uh put into the the making sure that the world reacts the way you would expect it to relax to react uh is is impressive of course it's still a game so you're going to encounter you know bugs and strange behaviors and stuff like that but When you're walking in the mud, the, uh, your boots will leave prints in the mud. The horse will leave horseshoe prints in the mud. The, when you're going through, uh, uh, branches, uh, the character will tilt its head, his head to, to avoid them and there will be a little bit of a rustling sound. And all of those details, I think, wouldn't be appreciated if the game didn't force you to, to slow down and pay attention. Um, so, so i don't think it's a, you know thinking about the audience of this show and and thinking is this a game that we should recommend uh i'm not even sure it would be even though it is a spectacular achievement
1: yeah i think it's i think it's something else and it is uh everything you said is true though like you do need to temper your expectations at the door or at least at least understand that you're not going to be able to just get in and run the quality of life improvements that you might see in series like Assassin's Creed, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, right. are, are simply not there. Uh, you don't have fast travel right away, or at least a form of it. you You can't just whistle your horse to you, and you're on the middle of an island, and suddenly somehow your horse is magically behind you. Um, there's there's a there's an an adherence to the world and its mundaneness. And I don't mean that in a bad way that actually makes it more immersive. You need to clean your gun to keep it, to keep it in good shape. Um, and some are going to hear this and go, Oh, it sounds like a simulation. I don't like simulations. I want an arcadey fun game. I would argue that once you kind of get past some of these systems or, or get them under your belt, things open up nicely and, and, and you'll, you'll have, there's lots of fun to be had it's but but it very much adheres to this these rules of the world and and the first game did that as well this one really does it because it can you know the way you used to skin in the old game you you'd maybe go on a deer hunt for the meat or something and when you'd skin there was kind of a slow uh John Marsden would kneel and he he'd kind of pull out a knife and you'd see his arm work and there might be some blood splatter or something and it would take a second but then it would suddenly be in your inventory and you're off to do the next thing and this game you kneel down by the deer you shot, you flip it over, you take your knife out, you cut it, you, you pull half the deer skin off one side, pull it from out from underneath it, roll it up, take it to your horse, lay it out on your horse, go back, put the deer on your shoulder, <laughs> take it to your horse, put it on your horse. Like there's a much more, um, uh, you know, literal sense to just about everything in the game that you do. And it is a little shocking at first uh because it can kind of make you go oh, oh okay you're oh wow you're making me okay and the, and i and i think the control schemes a little wonky at first as well definitely one of the
0: drawbacks the, the control scheme is one of the most uh, strongest criticism that people have leveled against this game and it's very much warranted i think
1: yeah i agree and it it shouldn't take me two hours to get used to a control scheme mm. i did but that's how long it took me um and now I'm used to it and it's fine. But also I'm five days away from it and I actually think I'm gonna I'm gonna opt it <laughs> You're go, gonna oh, have crap. to relearn it.
0: What? I I, I think- to relearn it. Oh, yeah. There's uh one thing you said you have to temper your expectations and I think that's very true uh, but at the same time tempering the expectations I think uh means you have to expect something less than what you would have otherwise and while that's true for the arcady aspect of it um it also enables you to take in something that you didn't expect which is that uh, uh wonderful uh, uh realization of this world which brings something more to your experience so there's good and bad but the but that aspect is is incredible in a way that no other game has ever done anything like this before so i completely
1: agree i I completely agree and it's and it's that adherence that i actually respect about it now and Mm. very much look forward to a very long life with that game we're only what a week and a half or two weeks away from the online implementation the the red dead online stuff
0: which is arriving in beta this month yes in november this month
1: yeah and if you if you look at the success both monetarily and uh, in terms of player satisfaction of GTA online, I think things bode well for that. Uh, And uh, you know, maybe that means they can fund another eight years of development on their next game. Who knows, (laughs) but it's a very, it's a very interesting game and um, a very critically acclaimed one. Uh, But I think Patrick is right to let people know that it's not so much your expectations for quality. You need to check at the door, you need to check at the door your expectations for quick how a video game plays yeah what where the fun is and when you get it and what the satisfaction aim is like it's just a, it's just different and 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 I, and I really appreciate it for that but those first couple of hours you know I had my moments of like oh man where are we really going that deep is that really really and then Mm. Then it wraps itself around you and it's a warm blanket and everyone's
0: happy. I'll be honest. I hated it for the first five hours. I was making fun of it. I thought it was ridiculous before I understood what it was actually trying to offer me. And I think a lot of people won't get into that. And that's fine. Um, Not every game is for everyone. But it's surprising for such a gigantic project with all of the issues of, you know, crunch and and working conditions, which we're not going to get into. But, uh, yeah, if you want to hear more, we've talked about it in other, other shows. We'll tell you about that at the end of this one um let's talk about you mentioned assassin's creed odyssey we're going to be going uh much quickly much more quickly over uh, assassin's creed odyssey and call of duty black ops 4 with its blackout bl- battle royale mode um you mentioned assassin's creed odyssey and that is the much more traditional uh open world game but also uh, uh, incredibly well realized and ambitious. Uh, you flayed it a little bit. What What did you think? Of course. Uh, sorry, just to make sure people know, Assassin's Creed is a long running series by Ubisoft, where uh, each uh, uh, install uh, installment. Of the series you are playing an assassin in a different period of the world's history so in this case it's ancient Greece last year was um, uh, Egypt uh, antique Egypt so yeah yes. you've played it
1: so I did a lot actually um, I tried to cram as much in as I could because I knew the minute Red Dead hit I was gonna have to focus on that and, 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 and swing back <laughs> around to Assassin's Creed which I will do Um, and primarily because I think Odyssey is fantastic. I think it is a uh, perhaps the best game they've made. It is more of an RPG in the vein of like the Witcher series, if people listening are familiar with that at all, uh, than anything else. I think that's the direction they're going to head with this thing, and I think that's the right move uh, to go much more RPG uh, than in years past. There's some sort of Diablo kind of elements to it where things drop and they're color-coded, and some are better than others, and it's random, and in some cases, it's not. It's a thing you you know you would earn for doing a certain quest or whatever. But it's a big, big, big world. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and if you are into historical settings for your video games, this is absolutely. I mean, and they have been for years. This is the series to go to. Um, I don't have a lot bad to say about it, honestly. It's it's. I had things about uh about Origins that bugged me. And for the most part, though, I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was a good direction for the series. There's been games in the past that I've really enjoyed but had other issues with. This just so far has been fantastic. And in particular, um, the voice actor who does the female lead in the game, you can choose between a dude or a lady at the beginning. And uh, the story is very interesting how that plays out when you do that. But I chose her. Because I was told her her story was more interesting because of her performance, and it absolutely is. She kills it. I wish I knew the actress's name off the top of my head. She's a uh, she's she's actually Greek, and um, just kills it. Absolutely kills it. Everything about her is so good. I I absolutely love her character. Um, that's a huge part of the draw, I think, for this time around. Um, but for those old school uh, Assassin's Creed fans, that has everything you want as well. So. Uh, a, a really good installment for those guys. I think it's fantastic, and it's getting completely overshadowed by Red Dead right now. But it's a it's a really good game.
0: Melisanti Mahut is apparently the name of the voice actress that does Cassandra, the female hero in that game. Um, really, it it's I think if you want to be a Spartan warrior, fighting and traveling and being a mercenary throughout uh, ancient Greece, it's that in itself is appealing. And while it's not as simulation-y as something like Red Dead Redemption, it also has uh, uh, incredible qualities. And it is getting overshadowed a little bit, but it's interesting because Red Dead Redemption has gone so Uh, simulation that a lot of people are saying well i like both or i don't like this type but i like that type and a lot of people are saying i love assassin's creed odyssey because it is more quick fun than red dead redemption 2 so
1: it really is they you know there's quick travel although you unlock those quick travel points but you do that right off the bat um it's a giant world so you know you're grateful for that sort of thing but it also has an incredible beauty to it. Like in a lot of ways, there's similar games in the and the world is
0: enormous, right? Oh, it's
1: enormous and it's beautiful and it's historically accurate uh, for the most part. And there, there's a, a real tourist quality to it as well. Um, and it's just an, it really is an incredible, uh, game mm. in, in, in many ways. Um, the only, like I say, the only real disconnect is between these two games, really, uh, is that red dead makes you every move is a, is a, is a, is a deliberate thing. And then in, in this game, you can, I mean, seriously, you can whisper your horse uh, from, <laughs> you know, from, nowhere from three islands away. <laughs> yeah, you totally can. It's just a mechanism to get on your horse. Yeah. You can jump off a cliff and not die. Um, that it does. no longer takes full death, falling damage in this game. Um, previous Assassin's Creed dead, but this one for some reason doesn't hmm. Takes you to zero, but it doesn't kill you. um, you know stuff like that. Uh, the boat. I should mention this. If you are interested in boat combat or or what it was like to sort of navigate and plunder in the seas of that era, uh, it is back and awesome. That's some of the best stuff in the game. And black. Um, they haven't really done it since Black Flag, and it's really strong here. Um, so I would highly recommend that stuff. They've got kind of a mercenary or a not mercenary nemesis system in there, and some From other the, some yeah. little frills. Yeah, that are that are that are impressive. So it's on my list of you know best things I've played this year for sure. And I and I am I am excited at some point to swing back to it and uh, you know finish things out.
0: The the one thing I will add before we talk very quickly about uh, uh, Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Four is both of these are very long games. They would take upwards of fifty hours to complete. But I think it's fair to say, even if you, you know, you don't have a lot of time, but you have some money and you want a little bit of escapism, I think it's completely okay to play those games for 10, 15, 20 hours and, and get your fill out of that and, and be fine. They're great experiences. You might not want to go to the end of it, but it's still a fun time if you're going to be playing for a dozen or two dozen hours.
1: I totally agree. They're not, you know, if you're a completionist, complacent, you're going to finish these. I plan to finish both because I really think these stories are worth pursuing but but you're absolutely right like the the gameplay loops and what you do and how you quest things and do stuff in in both cases i think are you know you can kind of get your fill and come back later i mean i'm telling you red dead's got it's gonna have the lifespan of gta gta 5 has been with us since 2012 on one format or another and continues to thrive i think a pc version of red dead is inevitable um it's
0: all good in the hood. <laughs> <What's that game>? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you uh, with that uh, characterization. Uh, let's right. talk like one minute on Call of Duty Black Ops Four and its uh, blackout mode. It's real good.
1: Yeah, right. It's very good. Yeah, it's uh, it's a battle royale. Y'all uh, have been hearing about it forever. Fortnite, PUBG, all that. Uh, and it's so polished and A that it feels like a finished game, on, whereas all those other games kind of feel like betas in a way. Uh, and it's very good. It plays like Call of Duty, and it does it in a way that it fits that that battle royale thing very well. And I really like it. I think it's a hell of a thing. And I'm surprised because I haven't cared about Call of Duty in a while. There's no real story here. There's some story elements, but it's not a, a campaign. Right. This it's is just the first. A lot of people-
0: this is the first Call of Duty game that doesn't have a, a full single-player camp or any single-player campaign. It has the three modes, the standard uh, multiplayer game, uh, the zombie mode, which is a whole thing in itself, kind of arcane, a little bit complicated, so I'm not sure. If you don't already know it, you might not be into it. And then this Battle Royale mode, so it's kind of almost three games in one for this Call of Duty Black Ops 4. But of yeah, course, the, 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 non- the main the focus is blackout that Battle Royale mode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's important to note that the one that you mentioned a standard mode is like 15 game modes. So it's, it's a lot <laughs> of game play uh, in there. You know, you've got all these the heist mode and the headquarters mode and the capture and hold and like all that stuff's back. Like you said, the zombie mode is basically a co-op horde mode and um, its own very specific thing. And blackout really is the shining star here. It's uh, it's just feels like the culmination of all the best ideas that have gone into Battle Royale lately, and it's just a seamless, clean, fast, polished experience in a way that that nobody else has, has done. And I think they deserve uh, to to have a lot of success with it. The bigger question for me is like, what does next year look like? Because Call of Duty's used to doing a yearly release. And does that mean you just replace the existing Battle Royale game? Is this supposed to live on as a thing that is independent of everything else? Like, I have a lot of business questions going forward, but gameplay-wise, it's it's pretty yeah. tight. It's good.
0: Yeah, the, the big question there is Battle Royales in general are free-to-play games that evolve and, and stay there. So whatever you end up spending in them, you, you keep. Uh, of course, as you said, Call of Duty is a yearly cycle game, so it's possible they'll just... uh replace it with the next one or maybe they're going to do they're going to do a you know two year cycle and the uh, but then yeah it's it's complicated we'll talk about it i'm sure when they announce the next one
1: yeah could be a combination of those things who knows i don't know yeah they,
0: they mean, could they break mean. out the the blackout mode into its own thing and not include a battle royale mode in the next uh, in next year's uh 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 version of Call of Duty it's also possible it's all any all is is everything is possible but that's the really inter- interesting thing if we look at the yearly cycle surely uh all right, let's talk about the games that are coming out in November. Um a lot less uh uh, 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 uh a lot fewer big releases in November than we had in September and October. Um and on the 14th we have Fallout 76, which is a a kind of a side game to the Fallout series, which are, are big role-playing games from Bethesda. Um on the 16th, we have Pokemon Let's Go on the Nintendo Switch, which is kind of a companion. It's an independent game, but it has interactions with the mobile hit Pokemon Go. So that's going to be interesting for those who are into that. So it's more of a classic Pokemon game with hooks into the mobile game. And then on the 20th, we have Battlefield 5, which is a, um, well, a World War II, uh, uh, game. Similar in many ways to Call of Duty, but that has a a little bit more of a slightly more realistic uh, approach to the way they handle uh, combat and squads and armies and things like that. And of course, on the 20th, also coming out, I'm only half joking, uh, Farming Simulator 19, which is one of the biggest hits of uh, gaming in the recent, you know, in the last decade, as surprising as it might sound, uh, their big feature, I think, this year is the addition of pig farming, if I'm not mistaken. And I might be because I'm not following that uh, game series particularly closely, but uh, it's coming out on the 20th as well. Uh, Scott, what jumps out at you out of this uh, lineup? Uh,
1: Honestly, almost none of it um battlefield 5 is interesting uh, they delayed their battle royale game though their mode so right that's it's going to include
0: one but it will be released i think uh, next year sometime in the first half of the year
1: yeah as you alluded to and it's it, that's a weird thing and that gives that gives a lot of leeway and space to black ops i think to kind of continually or you know to, to grow a little bit of domination there so i don't know if that's good or bad but uh it also could be great maybe they're going to polish something up really rad and have a lot of vehicle stuff and you know who knows uh, Farming Simulator is interesting to me, not so much as a player, but as a phenomenon. That and like the, tr- the cross-country truck simulator or Euro Truck Simulator kind of games, <laughs> that stuff fascinates me. Like the fact that, I mean, actually, I think those people are probably also loving Red Dead Redemption, because in a way it's, it's a, this immersive experience and it's very specific. I'm going to make a farm. It is going to be a multi-million dollar producing farm. I'm going to be buying fertilizer and making sure all my acres are good and automating all these processes and hiring new people like it's it's a it's a kind of game that really does appeal to the to the meticulous nature of of work but presented in such a way that it is actually fun i've played farming simulator 2018 it's a fun game like it's actually got fun in it it's not just boring (laughs) and i hear the same about those truck ones but they're they're always an interesting subset of game uh, of games to me i just always find those just a little more fascinating than than the average stuff.
0: Yeah, they touch a specific population, it seems. Uh, that intersects with the general gaming or core gaming population, but it also appeals... To another type of gamer, which I think maybe in the same way that uh, other phenomenons like The Sims or, uh, as you mentioned, the Euro Truck Simulator, the, in Japan they have a lot of train simulators which they love, uh, yeah, and, and it's it's almost like I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there are some people who come to those games who don't particularly like games, but who like this kind of idea of of being immersed in something that they love uh, outside of gaming. So. Um, it's an interesting and phenomenon I, for sure. I, I should um,
1: mention, I picked up two point hospital
0: recently. Oh,
1: and that's my kind of simulator. It's completely goofy and silly because you have problems like cubism. That's your disease. You have to <laughs> cure. And it's a guy with like, who's just made out of cubes or, uh, somebody gets a light bulb instead of their head one day. And are they got to go to the doctor and see if they can get it fixed. And, and it's not meant to be actual diseases or no one's treating cancer at your hospital. It's all very goofy, but it's, I like that. I like, well, I got to manage costs and okay, I got to buy a new MRI machine and there needs to be a receptionist in this one part of the hospital. Cause it's growing over there or, you know, that kind of stuff. I like those kinds of things. I don't know if i want to farm all day, but I might want to really farm all day. I've always been interested <laughs> in like a farmer lifestyle. Like that's sounds kind of nice and nature. Well, it
0: up. sounds nice until you have to wake up at like four in the morning every day for the harvest and, planting and farming yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: pulling on a cow's teat. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I
0: agree. Uh, uh, we should mention uh, very quickly that Fallout 76 is a multiplayer-only game, so it departs from the formula, as I said, of previous Fallout games. Um, it seems like the initial impressions from the beta are not, super positive uh it's definitely something that bethesda is trying and it's looking like it might not be a huge success but i give them points for for trying something different you know it's it's we criticize studios when they always do the same thing over and over again and here they've Mm -hmm. been criticized because they're they didn't put out the fallout 5 or or uh something like that but um it's it's a at least they're uh, uh trying different things so
1: yeah, I don't mind them trying different things. Nothing I've seen so far has gotten me super interested in it. I played four to death, so I feel like I'm kind of fall out out right now, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll be back in when a, a proper sort of mainline sequel like a six or something is released, or yeah, or five, I guess. Uh, but I, yeah, seventy six is an interesting experiment, and they and it may be in the end that that it's awesome. I think it's betas very are possible. Hard to, yeah. Yeah, and gamers get weird. So we'll let this come out first and see what's up before I make any judgments.
0: All right. Um, Let's talk about uh, results from the big manufacturers. Uh, I'm going to go over them very quickly and we can comment afterwards. Uh, Microsoft has said that they are making a lot of money, (laughs) especially in the gaming department, which is surprising because uh, the, the Xbox division was not super dynamic in the beginning of the uh, generation apparently things are turning around of course they're not going to make up for their uh, uh, distant second place to Sony but it's still good to hear that they're doing better they also announced their project x cloud which is their streaming service uh, in more detail and uh, the public trials of that service will start in 2019 so they are going all in on game streaming as are many other gaming companies so Sony has announced that their profits are up significantly as well. I'm not going to bore you with the exact numbers, but uh, the important part is that uh, the PlayStation 4 has sold 86 million uh, units to date, which is uh, one of the highest-selling consoles of any generation. Uh, It's not the highest. We have two or three above it, but it certainly confirms that Sony played its hand very, very right uh, when it released the PlayStation 4. Nintendo is happy with the performance of its Nintendo Switch. Uh, They're still uh, targeting, um, I can't remember, I think it's 20 million units uh, um, this year, or or 15. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember the exact number, which, no, I'm not Siri I'm sorry, shush. <laughs> um, but they are now at 22.8 million units sold, uh, which puts them above the uh, performance of the Nintendo GameCube uh, uh, in, in its whole lifetime. Of course, the GameCube from uh, a couple of decades ago. Um, they uh, well, hold on, two like like wait a minute,
1: 2003. That's two, three? Yeah, one. maybe
0: fifteen years ago. Okay, I, I'm over uh, enthusiastic, <laughs> but uh, um, so they are still in uh, in good shape. I am a little bit um, suspicious of how well they will perform this year, um, because well, it was 2001 in Japan. I've been googling at the same time and in the U.S. So. Almost you know we're almost in twenty nineteen right, almost two decades yeah, well, something, something like that yeah um but uh but yeah the the i'm I'm a little bit suspicious of its performance during the holiday uh quarter because they don't have a big Uh, uh, flagship game to attract new players. Of course, they have, uh, Super Smash Brothers, which will, uh, which will please existing, I think existing fans who already have a Switch. So, but you know, it's, they sold like six or seven million, uh, units last year, but that was pushed by, um, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Still, they're very, um, confident that they're going to maintain those numbers. So we'll see how that goes. Our good friend Will Harris uh, on Twitter noted that they might be counting on Fortnite as well, which for of course it 's available on the switch, and parents might be looking at a console to buy their children and of course the 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 kiddies are very into Fortnite at the moment and if you want to if you can get them a console uh, that will free up the TV and they can play even without having it hooked up to the TV, it might be an interesting proposition for parents, so that 's an interesting uh, uh, take on that and finally that's not a manufacturer of course but uh, epic games developer of of fortnite has uh, raised 1.25 billion Mm dollars uh in in um recent weeks that values the company of 15 billion dollars of course this is all on the success of fortnite which we keep referencing um and it's really interesting to me because i feel it means that epic which is already a significant company uh is going to not rest, rest on their laurels and use the momentum that fortnite is is providing them to uh try and develop other games and other studios within the studios i can't see why they would raise 1.25 billion dollars on top of the immense amounts of money that fortnite is already bringing them uh if it's not to create more uh a a lot more games and studios so that's an interesting one as well yeah
1: they need to too because i i I have the feeling they're peaking a little bit with fortnite and they are and i think it's very smart of them to be investing in in future stuff and expansion and everything else Mm. that's that's i mean that's that's us speculating
0: but i can't see what they would do other than that right Um, if they're not they're dumb (laughs) well maybe they're buying you know gold pens and desks for everyone could be
1: they could be like riot and just sitting on their cash and not making anything else although now they are finally i guess making a game but
0: well, did they yeah. announce anything at Riot? I don't know. No, think they but were. I know people that have been moved oh, to a right. secret. But, but that has been, that has been the case for years. I mean, it's been an open se- secret that Riot has been developing other games for years and they still haven't released anything. So that's a little bit strange but they still have you know I was discussing this with other people uh, a few hours ago and we checked and they still had 81 million monthly active players in 2017 so they yeah. still have a little bit it, of a buffer
1: they're fine yeah
0: um anything else that uh that you strikes you in all of these uh uh results discussions
1: not really i think microsoft numbers made me very happy um that means things are uh on the up for them in terms of their game revenue i think it means good things for the future of xbox and i really like game pass i think they're i think they're they're pulling all the right strings right now and i think that's good that's going to oh. really pay off whatever next generation is that that's that's going to be big for microsoft
0: that's very possible uh it, it will also be interesting to see if they announce their new console next year which would push sony to maybe doing the same um, since they've taken a little bit of a backseat. I mean, Microsoft having taken a little bit of a backseat this generation. Um, sure. And and the other thing I forgot to mention about Microsoft, they did announce that their Game Pass offering uh, is going to be coming to PC as well. Uh, the Game Pass, for those who don't know, is a subscription service uh, that is available on the Xbox One that gives you access to a catalog of games. Um, it's also available to an extent on pc because in that catalog are included many uh, all of microsoft's first party games uh, that are available on both xbox and pc so those that are included in that uh, that are also on pc are available if you have the game pass uh, without paying anything extra beyond the subscription uh, they are saying that they want to um create a real game pass on pc and probably uh you know, make it attractive for other publishers to get involved. Um, it seems like a, a, a difficult proposition, though, because on PC, all of the publishers already have kind of direct access to the consumers. So I'll be curious to see how that works out in the next few months and years.
1: Yeah, maybe Microsoft throws a bunch of money at it. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know maybe. how they're going to do that. But also, you know, them upping their their first-party development will go a long way to make this a more... Uh, Yes, you know, attractive solution. So, I have I have high hopes for all of that for them. I think it's going to be great.
0: All right, let's uh, conclude this episode with a quick discussion about uh, the announcement that rocked BlizzCon not always in a very good way um, this weekend. That was the announcement that uh, Blizzard Entertainment is uh, developing Diablo Immortal, which is a mobile game. They're co-developing it with NetEase, a Chinese company that they have been working with very closely on, uh, I believe, World of Warcraft and Hearthstone for China. Um, NetEase is also... Hero, heroes of the Storm as well. They do a lot of Heroes oh, over there anyway in that market. Right. Um, and so we're not really going to go over the controversy of Diablo fans being uh, frustrated. Uh, I'm putting it mildly that uh, Blizzard didn't announce a Diablo game for them on PC. Uh, of course, I was a bit disappointed about that as well. But the... The, the fact remains that uh, this is a pretty important move for the industry, I think. Uh, a, a big PC developer um, deciding to go into mobile in a very direct and serious way. Um, because, of course, they already have uh, Hearthstone available on mobile. But that seems like a, a, a you know, a co-PC mobile tablet development um or at least it's available on both diablo immortal is kind of a an adaptation of diablo 3 on mobile from what we've seen here but it's only on mobile and it seems like an ambitious uh uh, full-fledged diablo experience at least that's what they're promising um what do you make of it scott
1: well i played it um on the show floor and on the press area and i went up there very skeptical um it's actually very hard to talk about the game without talking about the controversy or you know blizzard's presentation of it slash players reactions to it but in an attempt to, to actually do that and circumvent both those aspects of the story um i was i was i had low expectations and i was not really worked up that much about it i am I'm, I'm 100% sure there's 4 or whatever's whatever they're going to call it in the pipeline they, they've all but confirmed that anyway So, you know, I'll wait for my proper Diablo game, but I should play this so I can talk about it. Went and played it, and I came away kind of surprised at how well it played. Um, I I don't know what I thought I was going to get, but I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. For a mobile uh, sort of action RPG Diablo experience, it's exactly what you would think and hope it would be, and it felt really good. Um, it, It sounded like Diablo, it felt like Diablo, it looked like Diablo, and uh they showed none of what their plans are for monetization one would assume that was the, big, would the big question game, yeah and uh, who knows what you'd buy i don't know people are speculating up and down in all sorts of extremes but they actually haven't said um they only have three playable classes there uh there'll be more i think it's six total but there were uh they had the 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 mage the monk and the barbarian i played what all there, three do you mean or wizard, sorry to say, man. Uh Yeah. I always do that wizard. Uh, uh, probably my favorite class in the history of the Diablo franchise anyway. So I was already kind of been on that. Um, and she played so really well, but
0: anyway, yeah. I, I guess uh, pleasantly surprised i 've heard a, a few people who were saying um, you know it doesn 't really matter if the game is good I just don 't want to play on mobile because uh, the controls are not what I want. I want precision I want and I think that 's a lot of the disconnect that happened uh, because a lot of people are are pc gamers at heart and aren 't interested in a mobile game. But of course, uh, the elephant in the room is the fact that there are a lot of players in the world that only have access to mobile as a gaming device. And as the partnership with NetEase would lead you to believe, um, or to understand a lot of these players are in China and in Asia. So uh, they, the, th- here's the deal. They mm. will play everybody
1: who says that is going to try it
0: because they're, they're lying. Try if it, they of say course.
1: Yes. Yeah, they'll try it. But I uh, but I would also I would agree with them. If that's not your thing, if you're not into that and you've played other mobile games and just don't like how that experience plans out or plays out, I would recommend not playing it. Like don't play it. Um and to you it is disappointing, and I was disappointing to me in terms of I want I really did want a Diablo 4 or something like that announced. Um and so I would say to those people, yeah, you probably shouldn't play it. Um it will likely make more money than the entirety of the Diablo series in the history of time. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a huge thing. Whether whether me as a PC gamer likes that or not, it's going to be big. And that seems good because it fills coffers with cash and gives them the ability to make other stuff. And some of that stuff well, may be otherwise a, a risky move, but not now because they've got a lot of Diablo money to spend. And I, I just don't think it's a problem that this exists Alongside whatever the mainline plans are.
0: So, and that's the key you know. here. The the mainline plans I don't think are going away. They've confirmed they aren't going away. Uh but this is going to uh they they tried to convey that idea in a somewhat corporate messaging way is gonna welcome millions, maybe hundreds of millions of players who didn't have access to a Diablo game before. Uh it would almost be corporate uh, uh misconduct to not uh uh, seek out the mobile market and um, it's it's very interesting to me because we haven't seen a lot of developers of big name PC or console developers go to uh, mobile. Of course many of them have gone to mobile but it seems many of them have gone to mobile and, and modeled their uh, uh, gaming design intent around the existing mobile uh, ecosystem and and mm. conventions uh, maybe is a better way of, of saying this. Um, Nintendo tried something different with Mario Run, and sadly, that something different wasn't as su- successful, I think, as uh, uh, people would have hoped. Uh, but aside from that, I think it's fair to say that that Blizzard is the first of the big ones to try something. I mean, at least that's the hope. Maybe it's going to turn out to be just another quote-unquote mobile game and that is looked down upon by uh, PC gamers. Um, maybe it's going to be one that uh, people can, for lack of a better word, respect. But no matter what, it's going to be one that is going to be played by a lot of people. You mentioned the money. I think the number of players is also a, a big factor, as we know, Um Fortnite and PUBG, as two examples, are actually mobile games now. They are played by, you know, a fact, uh, 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 um, an order of magnitude more people on mobile mm. than on PC or consoles. So, yeah, not only
1: that, they're making they're making more money on those formats, and in many cases, especially in Apple's case, with a big cut of the money going to somebody else. Uh they still make more money there than they do in any other format. Like It's, it's undeniable, that stuff. We all wish, wish it wasn't true, I guess, or whatever. But Well, if we're, yes, DC gamers, series. yeah. Right. And a lot of people, I understand the idea that, oh, this is Sacrosanct, this is Diablo, it's one of the most venerable series in the history of time and so influential, blah, blah, blah. And now you're sullying its name. Eh. Whatever. <laughs> like, there's, well, there's all kinds of mobile... There's mobile Assassin's
0: Creed games. There, There's, you know, that mobile but thing that's coming what out. I, that, that's what I think is important there, Scott. Sorry for interrupting. But I'm wondering if Blizzard, with its love of its uh, uh, good design and, and franchises, isn't going to shift that paradig- uh, paradigm a little bit. I, that's what I'm hoping for, at least. And make uh, mobile games that are designed for core gamers and if that isn't the start of big uh uh, publishers not being able to treat that mobile world uh it it is a cash cow anyway but as kind of a lesser gaming wise a lesser child of the gaming world um that's what i'm hoping for 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 diablo immortal we'll see if it actually happens or if it's just uh uh you know uh adheres to the standards of mobile game design um, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who play on mobile and I don't really understand why they should be denied the opportunity to play a Diablo game I guess is my take Yeah, it.
1: They, they really shouldn't um, the bigger arguments and again we don't have to get into them here they're mostly about tone presentation BlizzCon audience versus you could have done this at PAX or somewhere else and I actually agree with which all is of valid that yeah mm. I think it's 100% valid I think Blizzard kind of blew it in that regard um, I think players vitriol on the other extreme is equally stupid or more so. Uh, but I, but I, I, you know, all of that aside, it's just the raw numbers of it, just the logical look of it all. It's a smart move financially and they'll make a lot of money and i don't know why that's a problem i think it's fine
0: i think beyond a smart move i think it's an inevitable unavoidable (laughs) move um and and alan adham uh one of the co-founders that recently returned to the company has actually said we're looking into making mobile versions of or mobile games for all of our franchises um which Mm -hmm. I think is is also... I guess I understand all of that concern. For me, personally, as a core gamer, and I'm sure we have many in our audience as well, as long as they keep... Doing the games, creating the games uh uh that that we look for as well i don't really have a problem with it, and it's kind of a uh you know the company changed a lot when they introduced world of Warcraft, and that fundamentally changed the nature of what kind of games and what kind of company they were um i I think they have to evolve you know this idea that uh they should one company should stay the same it's almost like uh, uh, comparing it to a band that you liked before they were big um, and you think well they, they, they're they not the same anymore clearly they, they're not the same anymore because they they have changed because they're bigger and in this case I think it's kind of a almost similar thing but the important thing is they're going into the mobile market and my, I have been disappointed many times by by this you know there was this big hope uh, a few years ago, that mobile games would be big. And certainly they they are, but it's a different kind of mobile games that most of the time doesn't appeal to core gamers. So my big hope is that they will usher in a, an era of mobile games that also appear, appeal to mobile gamers um, as well. Oh, to core gamers, I'm sorry, as well. But we'll yeah, see if that I actually
1: completely happens. agree. I just am so not of the scorched earth policy a lot of players right. are are claiming today. And it's ridiculous but all again uh, that topic will be well discussed on other podcasts uh, <laughs> between patrick and i and others so look for those and we'll go into those nitty-gritties but yeah for the most part one thing we didn't get is on as a release date i think I mean, we may have gotten a zone or a, 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 a range I, I no
0: nothing nothing
1: yeah so i don't know how soon that's going to happen There were clearly this was clearly a, a game that wasn't done three class three classes one big quest to play at the demo um the resource management stuff wasn't clear yet so there's you know there's some this is early days for that thing and and uh, there's a lot of time to pass before we get whatever but yeah it's my favorite rpg series of all time i will be happy to have another form of it even if i fall off of it's quick or whatever um but i i you know certainly do look forward to whatever the mainline game does next
0: all right. Well, we, you were talking about uh, other venues where they, people could hear us discuss this issue and others. Uh, what would they be, Scott Johnson?
1: Well, check it out over at frogpants.com. You'll find all the podcasts. One of them in particular is called The Instance. And uh, therein, you will find myself, Patrick, and others discussing all things Blizzard uh, with, a, with a bent toward World of Warcraft. But certainly, we'll cover everything that happened at the show this week. It'll be our big follow-up to uh, what happened, what got announced, and certainly the Diablo controversy will be a part of that. So I would highly recommend checking that out. That happens this Friday. Also, uh, I did a new episode of my other gaming, general gaming show called Boop last night. I got very passionate on that show about some of these issues. So you can get a dose of it there as well. Uh, Very Diablo-focused. And uh, it'll also be a smattering of other shows like Core and so on. But if you just go to frogpants.com, you'll find all the shows. Check those out. See what you think. And uh, some of your feedback, that'd be great.
0: Excellent. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Not Patrick in one word, as in Patrick, but with not in front of it. And uh, my shows are available at frenchspin.com. The gaming show is called Pixels, and we go over all of these uh, uh, topics as well in a little bit more depth and with a little bit more um, discussion and analysis and and passion maybe. So you can check that out on uh, Pixels. You can even subscribe on your podcast app right now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next month with more gaming news for occasional gamers. Don't you then? Woo!